Mindfulness Mode 392. I can feel the presence of the normality of the way I used to walk, the normal way that I used to walk or feel the presence that, that I'm normal. It felt like I could move still. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness right here on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and Mindfulness Life Coach, Bruce Langford. I'm delighted to have you here today, Mindful Tribe, because I have an interesting guest I met in Georgia. And it was striking to see him in the audience there at the, at the Consciousness Summit when I was in Atlanta. And he was somebody that just stood out and he had trouble walking. And I, so I, I knew that he had some, some physical difficulties, which we'll find out about in the interview today. But I just knew there was something very special about him. He wore incredibly beautiful clothes, which were um, almost like costume dress, very bright yellows and reds and vibrant fabrics. And he told me that he got these clothes from a shop that sold traditional Indian clothes, although he wasn't from India. That was not his culture, but he just loved the clothes. He was indeed fascinating, and I think you'll find him fascinating too. And uh, I asked him near the beginning, actually, I asked him at the end of the interview, I said, Sharif, tell me, who are you? Tell me more about you so that I can put it in a, in a bio. And he talked for quite a while, but he started with, I am God. And I thought, wow, that's fascinating. So I took part of that clip and I put it near the beginning of the interview just to give you some insight as to who he is. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's interview with Sharif. Well, Mindful Tribe, I have a fascinating guest with me today. I don't even know a huge amount about him yet, but I'm going to find out as we interview him. I have Sharif with me today. Hey, Sharif, are you in mindfulness mode today? Yes, definitely. That's good. Mm -hmm. Sharif, I want to start the interview by asking you, what does mindfulness mean to you? Uh, well, first of all, I'd like to say peace, peace to the gods and goddesses out there. You know, uh, peace to the upcoming queens and kings out there also. Um, mindfulness to me is being conscious or, or monitoring your own thoughts. Being conscious and aware of your own thoughts, your own mental um, perception in the moment of things. You know, like uh, I'll give you an example. You know, you attempt to do something uh, because you're angry and upset. Now, being mindful is kind of, to me, is what, what I'm perceiving it as is that you are trying to monitor your thoughts, monitoring your own actions so that you can uh, make a better judgment. It's like you're looking at yourself from a distance inside, you know, to say, okay, you know what, maybe I shouldn't do this. This don't, you know, look right. I'm about to attempt to do this and I'm arguing here. Like rethinking things, sort of. Well, I think that's a great description. So, Sharif, tell us about yourself. Are you an artist, or who are you? Well, of course, I'm God. And I'm not saying that in a sense like I'm the religious God. What I'm saying is that, um, see, who I am truly is beyond this physical. And that um, being is, is, is hard to describe in words because the potential of that, that soul or that spirit is so vast, it's endless. You know, 
we try to sum up things and we try to know what things are. We can't know something because knowing means it stops, it's dead. If I know, like uh, my teacher Sifu says, fact is subject to change. Truth is subject to change. You're an infinite being. There's, if you're infinite being, there's no way to really sum up in a few words who you actually are. So as God, my potential is endless. You know, I'm not the Christian God, no religious God. That is not something um, I would conclude myself to be. Um, I'm talking about the true, the true God. You know, the universe itself that contains everything within it. Um, I um, holding um, all of these minerals and elements in my bloodstream, being able to go to sleep, have a dream, live in another dimension, come back into this dimension. And, um, you know, live out that dream or have predictions of things, you know, seeing the future, out-of-body experiences, you know. So there's so much to me as far as what I can do as a, a human being. It's hard to really sum it up. Does mindfulness and consciousness have the same meaning to you or do they have totally different meanings? And if so, tell us what consciousness means to you. Consciousness is the awareness of the ego the false self, the human that thinks it's real. Uh, the true you is sleeping inside what they call the sleeping Buddha. Um, the spirit is asleep. It's not. The human is uh, believing it's conscious because of its surroundings that is stimulating it. Um, the ego, which when I speak about the ego, I'm talking about the human. I'm not talking about oh, I think that I'm the best man and the best person alive. That is just part portion of the ego. But the ego itself, the human being, is the ego. It's the false self posing real. And it, when we think about consciousness, the e we're talking about from the perspective of the ego. The ego sees itself being stimulated by the sunlight, sounds outside, and it says, I'm aware. You know, if you knock out the ego, they knock the human out, and the human would be considered unconscious. Like if it was in a, if a person was in a coma, you know, if a person was in a coma, they would seem, I mean, people would say, well, they're unconscious. When that person is awake and um, their brain is being stimulated by objects around them, then they think that they're conscious again, or they say they're conscious because they can interact with, um, the physical realm around them. So uh, when we speak about consciousness, we're speaking about the consciousness normally about is based on the ego. Mm -hmm. I, I agree with you. I think it is based a lot on the ego. And mm -hmm. as I as I look at you, Sharif, I'm so impressed with how you look. And I'm just going to describe this for those of you who are just listening today on the podcast. Sharif has a beautiful gold jacket with red buttons and he's got a beautiful deep red uh, pair of pants on and he's got incredible beads that he told me earlier he made himself you told me also that you're an artist That's and right. I think what you, you you know you just look incredible with what you're wearing but you've you've created these beads yourself mm -hmm. tell me about the part of you that is an artist and wants to create well you know um the universe brung things into existence out of 
what most would believe, you know, a supreme mind or supreme consciousness. So when we create or we are artists and we create is just a, a fractal. It's, you know, fractals are just repeated patterns throughout the universe. So we're repeating what the universe um, had did done in the beginning anyway, which is to create, to come up with, um, you know, creative ideas and new ideas all the time. We're always creating because it's our nature because, see, we are the universe or we would be gods. We all are, you know, we would be God only because we are, God is an omnipresent force. And if it's omnipresent, then that would mean that me, you, and everything in existence is of God because it's not separate from what they would say is the creation. They try to, religion normally separates um, God from the person. And you and God are one. The problem is um, the ego. We get caught up in the ego, and we can't we can't see that. But when we create things, um, as far as artists, going back to that, we we learn that um, there's a deeper part of us. We bring things basically into existence by um, being an artist. You know, whatever's in your mind, you know, whatever you feel, you draw. Sometimes you dress how you feel. That's what I do. And I, right now I'm dressed spiritual. Uh, the gold, the golden jacket that I have on is, um, it's from India, and the pants also is from India. So, you know, I I dress spiritual. These these beads are actually, um, you know, beads that would be remind would, would remind people of uh, monk beads, the beads that a, a Shaolin monk might wear. Oh, okay. So. I try to represent something spiritual, you know, most of the times, if I can. Um, we we don't live in a... a um, most of us are not true artists because the daily, word, the daily world around us has our minds. So our creativity goes to our jobs. Okay. You know, how are we going to get these papers done? Or how am I going to... Um, you know, explain to my boss this or how am I going to um, set up this meeting? You know, that's where our creativity is. And that's not the deeper part of us. That's just based on the ego anyway. Thanks for that description because it's fascinating to me. Now, I want to switch gears Mm -hmm. here and I want to ask you about your health and what got you to this place? Because I know that you've had a health challenge, but we haven't talked about it and I don't really know anything about it. Do you are you okay to share that with us? Yes, um, this is a long story, kind of, but I'll try to make it brief. Um, what's going? What was going on is um, they found an anomaly. I had a bad headache, and the headache was so bad. I went to the hospital. They did an X-ray, and they saw they saw an anomaly. They said in my brain something that wasn't supposed to be there, and um, I had to have brain surgery. So they went in with a needle. It's called a biopsy. Okay. They went in with a needle, and um, when they went in with the needle, they took a sample of what was pushing, pr- putting pressure on my nerve, right, in the brain, causing the pain and the headache, and uh, a little me being paralyzed on one side. So while this was going on, a tooth grew from the roof of my mouth on the side of like my gum, and this tooth dissipated um, after a few days, went back inside my gum. And um, 
in the middle of my chest, my sternum, I had a um, muscle tissue, extra muscle tissue grow in vital points of my body. Like my temple had extra muscle tissue that grew there. So it almost seemed like my body was going into protective mode. Even around my kneecaps, muscle tissue, extra muscle tissue started forming. So um, right now, because I was paralyzed on one side, I um, learned to rehabilitate myself, being able to at least have some um, movement in my arm and leg on my left side and be able to walk because they have what they call a phantom limb. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I have heard of that before, but yeah, describe it for our listeners. Okay, people who are uh, amputees, people who are missing an arm or leg, there's like a a ghostly uh, feeling there. Like... They, they often feel like even though I'm missing my arm, my arm is still there. They can feel the presence of their arm still there, even though the arm is missing. And that's due to uh, what they call chi energy or ki energy. That energy is still linked to the person's spirit. It's, it's like something is missing, but it's still there to that person's uh, subconscious or that person's spirit. And they often feel pain in an arm that's not even present. So that's what, um, you know, um, the whole thing with the phantom limb is about. So is that what you were experiencing with the the side of you that was paralyzed? Well, it wasn't no pain there, like um, people who have the phantom limb issue. But what it was was that I could feel the presence of the normality of the way I used to walk, the normal way that I used to walk or feel the presence that that I'm normal. It felt like I could move still. Like, you know, as long as I was, um, st- you know, in the bed, just laying there, it felt like everything was normal to me. So I focused on what was normal or what felt normal to me. It felt like, it felt like I should have the ability to walk. It just felt like it, you know, was there. And I kept focusing on that. And, and eventually I was able to walk. The doctors even said to me, they said, hey, most people don't walk as fast as you in this condition. Well, you you connected with Chi Daru, and Chi Daru has helped you to recover, I understand. When did you connect with him, and how did that connection happen? Yeah, well, the hospital was supposed to um, help me out with um, rehabilitation. Right. And they did not want to, um, they never got back to me. So what I did was, I said, you know what, I remember a place where they do Tai Chi. So I went down to that place and, you know, signed up to um, do Tai Chi exercises and learn Tai Chi so that I can use the energy to heal my body. And was that the Shaolin Institute? The Shaolin Institute, yes it was. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then tell me what happened from there. You started doing Tai Chi? Yes, I've been doing Tai Chi for some weeks there and um, some months. And I've um, improved a lot, according to my um, sensei. My teacher, you know, he's pushed me to um, improve. One day I was frustrated and I was going to walk out. And, you know, he told me, he said, you have trillions of cells. You can't give up on all of these cells you have in your body. You have trillions of cells in your body. And how can you give up with all these, you know, all that potential, mm-hmm. which is a lot of potential. For sure. And so I didn't give up. 
you know, I kept um, pushing myself and, um, you know, uh, doing the uh, Tai Chi exercises, and I, I started improving. And even when I didn't notice that I was improving, I, um, you know, it caught up with me, and I finally seen that I was improving. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I've heard other people say that you've improved incredibly because you're walking around, you're getting around, and at one point you were almost paralyzed on the one side. Were you totally paralyzed on one side? Yes. Oh, you were. Okay, so then you have you've really made incredible mm-hmm. strides to be able to walk around the way you can. That's right. Um, I'm trying to uh, go beyond. Even like this situation has transformed me spiritually. Because um, I had to let go of my body so that um, I can keep my uh, spirit intact. Like, um, my body knows, the body knows when to heal. If you cut your arm or your leg, the body will heal it. And you don't have to think about it, it'll do it. Right. So there's a time for this because I was depressed. I was really depressed about this and found out that, you know, there's a time for this. And meditation... Um, I started receiving messages in the meditation through the ether. And, you know, this etheric plane of information told me, you know what? You got to let this go because it knows when to heal itself. Don't don't let it stress the spirit because by stressing your spirit, what happens is you um, prolong the healing. And it, it knows to heal just like if you get a cut, it'll heal. It has its time when to heal. And, you know, I look at nature and nature tells me, you know, nature snitches on everything. It tells everything. People are just not aware of it. People are not looking. Nature has all the answers we're looking for. Do you meditate? Yes. And what's your meditation like? Is it guided? Is it silent? Is it transcendental meditation? What's it like? Well, I have uh, three different types. Okay. One meditation is talking to myself inside, encouraging myself I'm something more. And then my other meditation is, you know, silent. And then there's one where I actually create another world, another life. Like I have a a place where I go in my meditation I've created, where it's a hill, a hill, it's 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 a neighborhood. Neighborhood is, you know beautiful and it's a hill that I woke up I walk up and there's a guy over to the right and he's playing um an instrument but it sounds beautiful and it's echoing through the whole neighborhood and it's raining it's not raining hard it's just drizzling the sky is kind of gray and you know there's some sunlight um over to the house I'm, a, I'm walking to and I walk in and before I walk in, it's like this canopy where these branches meet. Yeah, the canopy where the trees meet, because the trees is, um, it's like, well, there's some people on my left side who have um, property. And then there's people on my right side who have property. And their trees on both sides of their property meet, the branches of the trees meet overhead, and there's sunlight, there's beams of sunlight coming through it. And what I do is I, um, I walk inside this house and I sit there is a chair in front of the window and I just sit and I um, just watch the rain and there's music playing I'm listening to the guy who played playing music in, in, in um, the uh, the vision the place and uh, it's just 
you know that, that it's just relaxing you know and um i go to that place sometimes because i know that we can create other realities so i take advantage of that well i like that image that you that you create within mm-hmm. your own mind it sounds very peaceful yeah. I want to uh, I want to ask you a question about bullying. If you have a story you can share with us, whether it means you were bullied or maybe you bullied someone or there was an, a situation in your adult life. Do you have a story you can share with us where mindfulness would have made a difference as to how it turned out? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I was always fighting when I was young because I was picked on a lot. And so I learned how to become a bully myself at times. And um, I um, have, I'll tell you what, I was bullying somebody and that person turned out to be handicapped. You know, I'm teasing the person, talking about them real bad. And then when they open their mouth to respond to me, I found out that that person was handicapped, that that person, um, you know, couldn't really speak. And that hurt me. You know, it hurt me really bad because, see, um, that person was innocent. And um, when it, when that person went to speak to me, when they turned around to talk to me and they, they sound so, you know, um, crippled inside, I was I was really hurt because, um, you know, they, they can't defend themselves. And, you know, I had to tell, it was, you know, a girl I was just picking on, but she would be considered ugly in today's society because she doesn't match up with the average models. And so, um, she's not ugly as, you know, you know, to me, but by average standards that people would normally say she's ugly because she don't look like Beyonce or look like any other model out there. So, um, I had to tell her, I love her. She's beautiful. I apologize to her. And then she gave me thumbs up. Like she, you know, like, okay, we cool. She accepted and, it. Yes. And um, that made me feel so much better. It eased me, you know, because I couldn't, I couldn't like, I walked away, but, you know, I just couldn't, um, you know, accept what, what that, what happened, what just took place. So I had to apologize to her and everything. Did that change how you interacted with people in the future? Yes, it did. Um, I'm more careful now. I monitor my mind. Even when somebody's, um, you know, they, they're in shape and they're talking crap. A lot of times now what I do is I try to be more humble because, see, it's just, you know, that feeling of, well, I could say something mean and be crazy to this person and this person could um, one day be in a car accident and can't move, you know. But, you know, the last thing um, I remember is how I, or that person might remember, hey, that guy, talked about me really bad and he probably wished this on me we don't know how connected we are we have the same basic feelings as people and this is what really connects us but we don't see that it's you know it's kind of like you know people in gangs you know they, they look at um rags and colors you know on, on bandanas and say well yours is red so i'm gonna kill you because your bandana is red and my mine's is blue well, look, if you want to do that, just look at everybody's um, skin. Or you can look at the fact everybody have the same hair. I mean, hair, eyes, feet, you know, and say, hey, we all in the same gang if that's the case, you know. That's right. But people don't, you know, normally think like that. And, um, again, this is where the ego comes in, where sometimes you just really have to um, be mindful, like we talked about, and, and be humble and say, look, 
you know, I'm not going to go there. You got the same feelings and emotions I do. And I can be mean to you, curse you out, hurt you. And something happens to you. You'll be suffering. Now, if I was in your say in, in your situation, I, uh, you I would be suffering as well with you. I mean, the same way you would suffer. So because we have the same basic emotions as um, human beings. Well, it's just incredible how you've described that. And I think that's a very powerful story, how that experience changed you. Right. So that that was obviously meant to happen. And it happened for a reason. And that reason changed you mm-hmm. into a, a different person. As we move forward in the interview, Sharif, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. And the first one is this. Mm-hmm. Who is one person that has influenced the mindfulness in your life? It's not really a person for me. I've it's been, you know, nature itself. I mean, it's so many, it's hard to really answer that because I look at, you know, nature and um, how people treat each other. My family, you know, um, um, quarreling and, you know, arguing and, and um, like everybody else's family at times. And it's for, you know, what we call petty reasons. And, it, it, you know, it's like, it's suffering. It's too much suffering. I fell in love with knowledge and wisdom. I fell in love with, you know, nature. See, love is the key, you know, out of this whole situation. But we don't know that because the other emotions tend to um, cloud our judgment. Well, speaking of emotions, that was the next question I was going to ask you, Sharif. How has mindfulness changed your emotions? I was able to... um feel my thoughts you know when, when I monitor my thoughts I say okay you know what I'm not going to um, go any further to hurt myself or to hurt anyone else because I know that if in order for me to evolve or become better I have to give up but see you got to have a passion for these things so I've always had a passion for it so the more mindful I became of my own um, thoughts and, and, and um, what I was doing at the time, um, it helped me snap out of it. And, you know, sometimes I look back at the good deeds I've done for so many people and I fall in love with myself. You know, I fall in love with it and it makes me um, more mindful. So in the middle of an argument, sometimes I can stop and tell a person, hey, I love you. And people are scared to say that word, too. They, You know, it's like a nightmare just to say that word. People are so afraid of it. Yeah, they are afraid of it. You're right. That's right. Yeah, I want to ask you about breathing. Uh, has breathing been a part of your mindfulness, and has breathing helped you to to come back from the damage that has happened to your body? Yes. Um, well, you know, the brain needs oxygen. Oxygen is uh, part of the ether, the plants. And when you breathe in these... Um, I mean, we, yeah, when you breathe in and, and, and these, these, the, the air that these plants, the oxygen that these plants are giving off, it is not just a, um, how do I say this? It's not just a cycle. It's not just what happens. This air that we breathe from these plants is, a, is, is communication. The, the, uh, you receive the oxygen from the plant. You inhale. And when you exhale, it's carbon. That carbon goes back into the plant. Then the plant knows now what you need to heal yourself if you got cancer or if you got uh, liver problems. So now, in turn, what the plant does is start growing fruits and vegetables. 
for certain parts of our illnesses. This is, it's no coincidence that, you know, the plant produces fruits and vegetables for certain parts of our body. That's not a coincidence. That's from the carbon that we breathe out. The plant is now feeling and know it knows now because see the oxygen that the plant had set out actually uh, went into the bloodstream. The blood carries the um, oxygen to the brain, the muscles, and that has helped me heal definitely. You know, um, so when I ex when we exhale out, the plant takes that information back in. Now it's like oxygen has spied on your body by the oxygen traveling through your blood and through your kidney. You know, and then you look at um, pecans and certain nuts, you'll see that some nuts look like the brain, you know, and some foods look like different parts of our body. But that's not by um, accident. That's because, you know, the oxygen that we're breathing, the ether, the things that we share with plants and stuff, it's important for us to breathe, you know. So when seafood told, you know, told us to breathe from the stomach and inhale exhale and you know dealing with tai chi that helped me a lot right and mm -hmm. he puts a lot of emphasis into breathing properly doesn't he that's definitely yeah i want to ask you about a book do you have a book that you recommend that's related to mindfulness somehow um well there was one that um woke me up on you know eating healthy and um it was one called celestine prophecy and, there's, you know, the story about eating healthy and taking care of your body, you was able to see the aura around the human body and stuff. And, you know, so I started eating healthy. I was always trying to um, evolve and go to the next level. I was always fascinated with superheroes and, you know, um, Sai Baba, people that were, you know, um, prophets or great people who were mystics. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, I also want to ask you uh, this question. Is there an app of any kind that helps you to be more mindful? Are apps part of your life at all? Well, you know, you can go um, on YouTube and listen to chants as you're meditating from Tibetan monks. I love the way Tibetan monks chant. You know, these frequencies that the Tibetan monks use when they chant was known to also transform the DNA. Because sound waves can also affect us genetically and stuff. So I've learned to um, listen to the chanting of the Shaolin monks or the, the chanting of the Tibetan monks, which has been relaxing to me in my meditation. Well, that's great. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, as we wrap up the interview, I want to ask you, I don't know if you're, I didn't ask you this before, whether you're online, whether you have a social media presence, is there any way our listeners could reach out to you and connect with you and maybe follow you online? Well, you know, I'm not big online because in today's society, talking like this nowadays, people shy away from it and, uh, you know, a lot of things are monitored and, you know, I don't want to be uh, mis... I say the word inner. I don't say understood. I don't want to be misunderstood as, you know, um, a guy that's against people, against religion and trying to be this negative person. I don't want to be misunderstood in no form or fashion. So I tend not to get on um, sites and 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 um certain things because people will take that sometimes and 
if they don't like what you say, they'll they will text you or email something negative at you. So I just don't get it. I never got into it. Um, the only way you'd be able to touch me, get in touch with me, is my phone number and and uh, you know, you know, just text you know through a text or something. But I I don't see how. You know, I mean, other, any other way of getting in touch with me. Right. No, I understand. Right. Well, I want to thank you so much, Sharif, for being with us today. Thanks for all your words of wisdom. It's been awesome having you on the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Okay. Bye now. All right. Take care. Thanks so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com and type the guest name or the episode number into the search bar. You can also go mindfulnessmode.com slash whatever episode number you like. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by subscribing to Mindfulness Mode wherever you listen, whether it's on iTunes or Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, so many places you can hear Mindfulness Mode. So hit subscribe and share because that truly helps our show. And remember what I mentioned at the top of the show about the 12 must-read mindfulness books. Any one of these books can definitely change your life just like they have for the featured guests I've had on my show. All of these books have been recommended. They're the 12 most recommended books on Mindfulness Mode. Download this free gift at mindfulnessmode.com top 12 books. So remember, subscribing and sharing helps keep mindfulness mode on the air. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.